Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Okay, hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 17 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about puzzles. Oh, puzzles are big right now with uh, everyone uh, staying at home, working from home, going to school from home for the pandemic. Puzzle sales have soared across the board. Online retailers, people are rediscovering puzzles. So right now, Pickers who are inclined to flip puzzles and see puzzles, you know, it's a great time to do it because people have reconnected to puzzles and um, uh, they're looking for them. So it's a great time to be flipping puzzles. It is. And all those people that have been home and putting puzzles together now have a collection to flip. That's right. Now, are, are you a puzzle person, Dana? I tried. I tried. So we, when the pandemic hit, we actually had family fly in from Ireland. And I thought, let me buy a puzzle so we have something to do because we're not going to be able to do much. So I'll get a big thousand piece puzzle. Never did one before. <laughs> and when it came, I, I've, um, it actually didn't come while they were here. So that was unfortunate. It mm. was late. I didn't realize when I ordered it on eBay, it was coming from the UK. So it was a long journey. And when it finally arrived, they were gone. So I talked my husband into to doing this puzzle with me. I said, it'll be a fun project. I dumped it all out on the dining room table and I read up, I Googled it on the best tips for putting puzzles together. So I started sorting corners and putting it all together. And we sat down for probably about 20 minutes and worked on it. And we were like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cat jumped on the dining room table and puzzle pieces went on the floor and and the cat was all spread out and I was like you know what I don't think this is for us yeah it I don't have the temperament for doing puzzles either my wife does she's she's a fan of puzzles is she uh, yeah I she always has some kind of puzzle going but from looking over eBay and worth point and and kind of uh, getting a feel for the market for puzzles I came to the conclusion that finding them, picking them, is fairly easy because they're everywhere. You see them at, you know, in antique stores and malls and flea markets and garage sales and yard sales. They're just everywhere. So picking them is easy. And you don't pay a lot for them. You pay two, three, four dollars. Sometimes you get them for a dollar a box. So there it doesn't cost a lot to buy them. But personally, I wouldn't go out and buy a puzzle for two or three dollars and then list it and try to sell it and make any money because the way to sell puzzles if unless they're a, a rare well-known brand or famous artist or something like that the way to sell them is to put them into lots sell them in mm -hmm. you know five six ten because then you're not taking as many pictures you're not doing as many listings. You're not wrapping and mailing and packing as many boxes. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot less work 
on the back end if you're not trying to sell them one at a time. Now, if you find something, you still have to go online and do the research. Right. Because if if you've bought a, a puzzle, say something like a, like a Springbok, which mm-hmm. was a very popular brand from the 60s, if you've got a, a rare Springbok or popular Springbok puzzle that you bought for $5, you don't want to try to sell it for 10 because it might be worth 100 200 or more for sure. that puzzle. And the only way you're going to find out is to, to go online. But unless it's a, a popular uh, brand, well-known brand, rare brand, box lot's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, of course, here's a sneaky auctioneer's trick. Not that I'm a sneaky auctioneer. I'm a very upright, upstanding <laughs> guy. But it's it's fairly common that if you've got things that aren't worth a whole lot and you're going to box lot them, pepper the box lot with some things that people are going to want. Or if you've got three spring, springbok puzzles, maybe put in one that's kind of nondescript and people are going to buy them for the springboks, but you, you've you got uh, – mm-hmm. and then what I do is when I get things like that and I – Let's say I were to order a box of, of five Springbok puzzles uh, for my wife in a box lot and then found that one or two of them really weren't all that desirable, then I'd stick them aside and hold them for my next box lot. And that's mm-hmm. something that you can still make a profit on without having to do a lot of work. And these days, people are re-engaging with puzzles. They've, right. they've fallen back in love with puzzles. There's more people doing puzzles. And... Collectible or not, uh, flipping them for resale or not, people enjoy doing them, uh, mm-hmm. putting them together. It's one of the the few utilitarian collectibles that people are still enjoying. So they sure. will buy them. They right. will buy them. Yep, I've had good luck. I've sold a few puzzles. Um, I'm kind of picky. I will only purchase um, puzzles that are sealed when I'm when I'm out thrifting or you know. Right. treasure hunting i look for sealed puzzles and mm-hmm. uh, i don't even look them up if they're sealed in the box i just grab them my personal thing with that is i don't like to count the pieces because when you <laughs> if it says three thousand pieces or whatever no matter what kind of puzzle you're selling you have to count the pieces it's a given mm-hmm. in order to sell them properly People are going to want to know if it's complete, if they're all the pieces are there. Right. So it's important to count them. Right. Yeah, it is important to have a complete puzzle. My preference, and since I have, since my wife is fond of putting them together, is to not just count the pieces, but to put them together. Because, and we've over the years run into to puzzles that we've bought at sales where not all the pieces in the box go to that puzzle. Because if you've got someone's doing several puzzles at the same time and have them on a table and they got to put them back together, pieces will get mixed. And, you know, a thousand piece puzzle, you might have a thousand pieces, but it may not be the thousand that you need for that article, uh, for that uh, for that particular puzzle. So my, I, my advice would be, especially if you've got a name brand, if you've got, say, a Springbok or a Ravensburger or... Uh, what are some of the other ones? White Mountain, Liberty, Kodak, Disney. If you've got s- puzzles that are going to be popular and people are looking for and buying, then you're going to want to make sure that it all goes together. You don't have to put the whole thing together. You know, if you've got, if you can count the pu- uh, count the pieces and separate by colors and corners and make sure that you've kind of got 
Mm-hmm. You know, that all the, the pieces that you have go to that puzzle, then in many cases, that's enough. I found from watching her do puzzles over the years, and I suspect that other people have similar preferences, she'll choose not so much on the name of the, the puzzle, but uh, the level of difficulty, how many pieces it has, but primarily what drives her purchase is the picture. She likes the image mm-hmm. uh, and feels like it's worthwhile to put the image together. So image can't be understated. If you're out picking puzzles and you find an image that appeals to you, then you should buy it. If yeah. your gut feeling is, oh, that's pretty, then get it. It's probably only going to cost a couple of bucks. And worst case, you end up collecting a bunch of them and selling them as a box lot. <laughs> but image image is important. Springbok, you've heard me mention them several times. Uh, in the 60s, Springbok was the, the company that really popularized puzzles in America. Puzzles didn't start to be manufactured over here until, oh, I think up, up into the 30s. But, but prior to... In the 30s, the process for die-cutting puzzles was standardized. They got the machinery and all of that so they could take a piece of cardboard and put an image on it, and the stamper would kabonk, and, you know, the puzzle would come out. Prior to that, in the 19th century, early 20th century, they were all cut by hand uh, on a a saw called a jigsaw, which is why they were called jigsaw puzzles. But they they were not they were not very accurate because you know it would have the lines in there and, and the drawing and, and the guy operating it by hand would just have to eyeball as he was going around and cutting out all of these little pieces. So when you put them together, the edges aren't always flush and you just but you still get the the picture, but they don't fit nearly as well as the modern ones. So modern puzzles, uh, Springbok is famous for the way their puzzles fit together. I mean, they're, they're so tight, they make a snap when you punch them into place. The Springbok Company would license famous artists. Oh. And they would license the artwork. So they'd put their artwork on. So you can find uh, Salvador Dali mm-hmm. puzzles and named Jackson Pollock puzzles. Uh, they would hire artists to make original artwork. Images, everything. In fact, mm-hmm. the... the What's considered to be the most difficult jigsaw puzzle uh, ever is one that was put out in the early 60s, and the image was a Jackson Pollock. Now, Jackson Pollock can give me a headache just looking at it hanging on the wall. I can't imagine spending the time that it takes to put those together or how you would even do it. I can understand how it would be the, the, the most difficult puzzle to do because the colors are everywhere, you know, drips and splatters and... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like putting together a picture of a cat or you know, <laughs> kittens in a in a basket or something like that. Okay, Dana. Well, this is a good place to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll pick this up again. We'll be back in a minute. WorthPoint helps you make more money by ensuring that every sale brings the profit it should. We take the guesswork out of how much to pay and how high to price. The WorthPoint Price Guide lists over 500 million items, sold for prices, and photographs. 15 years of antiques and collectibles data. Put simply, WorthPoint helps you make more money. For a 7-day, 7-look-up free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. And yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we are discussing 
flipping puzzles. But anyway, I- images. Yeah. Images everything. Yeah. Images everything when you're when you're picking them, and then when you're reselling them. I mentioned that it's it's a selling them in lots is important, but you can also organize them uh, by themes. If you have a bunch of of a particular kind of image, like landscapes mm-hmm. or horses or you know whatever the the theme would be of the picture, uh, that's a good group. Oh yeah, you can also group them by who the manufacturer is, oh, like. Okay. Springbok or Ravensburger. Ravensburger is popular. Mm-hmm. White Mountain is popular. You can group them according to that. Uh, you can group them according to any kind of theme, mm-hmm. uh, like sure. you know beach theme, something like that. Yeah. If you've got a bunch of that particular theme in a lot, then it will have more appeal than a mixed lot. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was looking for a puzzle to entertain, I couldn't. I had no experience with putting puzzles together, so I wasn't sure what I was looking for. So I just chose a VW bus on the beach that was, Mm -hmm. you know, traveling down the road with a pretty sunset. Right. And why did you pick that? Because I thought it was, it looked fun. Because you liked the image. Exactly. You liked the image. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there, I've seen puzzles, uh, golf. Mm Mm-hmm baseball sure you know, all of the things that people engage in and uh, have for hobbies or sports fans uh, you can find puzzles of everything in fact um, I keep threatening to to do this one Christmas you there are companies where you can take a picture of any of your personal pictures family or scenery or something like that and send it off to a company and they will make it into a puzzle that'd be fun yeah it would be fun Yes, I know. Um, one of my favorite puzzles to sell, besides the foreign brands, if mm-hmm. I see a, a foreign name on a box, I tend to pick it up if I, I have a good feeling that the pieces are all there. However, I usually will pick up an unsealed 3D puzzle because I've done really well with the 3D puzzles, especially if they're like the Starship Enterprise or they're a Star Wars or Mm -hmm. a Disney castle or something like that. I tend to think of puzzles as being rectangular images, (laughs) but they're not. No. There's all kinds of puzzles. You can buy them octagonal and circles and uh, optical illusions and 3D. There's just all kinds of puzzles out there. And, of course, those those are popular, especially to people who do puzzles a lot. Right. Because they're more challenging to put those together. Did you you have a Rubik's Cube thing? Yeah, I had it for about five minutes, and then I threw it out the window. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a fan either. I had one. I couldn't do it, but I had one, and... I was bored with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a puzzle person, and you know, I don't find it relaxing. I find it more frustrating. I'm more yes. likely to sit down and right listen to music or play a musical instrument or something. I, I find that relaxing. Mm-hmm. Puzzles drive me crazy. But my <laughs> wife is a lot more patient than I am, <laughs> and she's challenged by those things. So she she does them all the time. Well, with COVID, I mean, it was well known throughout the eBay community that se- puzzles were selling off the shelves. You couldn't right. you couldn't sell them fast enough on eBay right. or elsewhere right. online. Right. Right. 
I noticed when I was doing a little research just just before we met this morning about how they were selling, and it was unbelievable. There were thousands of them on eBay, and the sell-through rate was better than 50%. (laughs) Uh, Hallmark, at some point in the late 60s, bought Springbok and started selling spring the, those puzzles in the okay. Hallmark stores exclusively. And they claim their sell-through rate for Springbok puzzles is over 85%. I mean, when you get, when you're selling for any retailer to sell nine out of 10 of what they can get, then that's pretty good. But Springbok is, they have a website. You can buy them new online. They're, they're not owned by Hallmark anymore. Uh, or maybe, the, yeah, maybe they are owned by Hallmark. They're not being manufactured by Springbok anymore. They're mm-hmm. being manufactured by Allied. And they make they make nice puzzles. The cardboard's mm-hmm. thicker and the images are bright and, and so on. To have that kind of sell-through is unreal. just remarkable for, mm-hmm. for any kind of retailer. Mm-hmm. I remember they have the octagon boxes. At, mm-hmm. on, I can remember those at the Hallmark store. Right. One that my wife has been buying lately is uh, is a Kodak brand. Oh yeah. And and these are uh, you were of the age where we remember Kodachrome film. Sure. Known for its bright colors and that kind of thing. Well, the the images on the Kodak boxes are remarkable. Uh, they're just you know colorful and bright and and uh, but you can pick up a thousand piece brand new uh, puzzle at Walmart. Uh, of a Kodak for 10 bucks, brand new. But I've found similar puzzles on uh, eBay where the, the Kodak puzzles were being sold in a box lot where you could get 10 to $15 a piece on average, depending on the lot. And those are probably from people who bought them from a wholesaler or a clearance sale or went down the Ollie's or Mm-hmm. A Tuesday morning or someplace like that, and 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 bought them for five bucks and grouped them and resold them. So th- that's another good way to to pick and resell them. But I'm convinced that selling them by lots is the best way to sell mm-hmm. them, unless you've got something really special. Yep. I also have noticed that some people will put them together and then they'll glue them and then they'll frame them and they'll sell them like that. Right. Yeah. There's. Um, there's a trick to doing it that way, and and I had some artwork framed at a local frame shop, and when I, when I took the artwork in, the woman who owned the shop was framing a puzzle, mm-hmm. and we just talked about the ins and outs of her framing the puzzle, and she said the hardest thing to do is you want the the puzzle to appear to be inset into the box around on the inside the uh, matting. The matting, exactly. You want it to appear to be, you want the top of the puzzle to be level with the top of the matting. You don't want the puzzle okay. sticking up under or, or um, over. And she said that was the hardest thing to do was to get it all pieced together in that fashion. She said one thing that was a common error is people would take those puzzles and they would uh, glue them down mm-hmm. to a backing and then shellac them. And then want to frame it. That's not a good idea. No. Because you need to, yeah, well, the, the framer needs to be able to manipulate those pieces to get them level with the matting. The other thing is, from a finishing standpoint, shellac turns yellow with age. 
it's not a good idea to use shellac on those. The, if you're going to do anything like that, uh, use a clear polyurethane or something like that that's not going to yellow at least you know for a generation or two. It's mm -hmm. not going to discolor. So that's the best way to do it. But they do make for interesting artworks. Mm -hmm. It's probably the only way that I would get a Jackson Pollock or a Salvador Dali <laughs> would be to get it in a in a box and assemble it. There there are several things that affect the value of vintage puzzles. Uh, first of all, the age of the puzzle, but by age, I don't mean whether or not it's 20 years old or 30 years old. It, age relates more to uh, whether the, the puzzle is an older hand-cut type or a new die-cut type. They're technology-related. So mm -hmm. rather than breaking apart the age of the puzzle by the manufacturing date, it's important to pay attention to the to the technology under which it was made. And that's easier to do than you might think. There's an association, uh, AGPI, it's the Association for Games and Puzzles International, okay. believe it or not. They have uh, conventions, uh, their website uh, has a, a newsletter, and game and puzzle company catalogs and databases. It's a really good resource for puzzle collectors, and, and they have a lot of that kind of uh, thing. Also, Springbok has a website where you can find details about Springbok puzzles and how they're made, when they're made, and so on. And another website is oldpuzzles.com. Uh, it's assembled by a guy named Bob Armstrong, and he has a lot of of information about vintage puzzles, uh, pictures and descriptions, and and uh, he buys and sells puzzles and and uh, history of techniques and styles and resources. There's there's a lot of information online that can help you find out information about the puzzles that you've picked. And putting that kind of thing in your listing is just going to make them sell better. And, mm -hmm. and it's going to bring better prices. So what do you think about uh, children's puzzles? I wonder how they, they are with the, the, wooden, the wooden puzzles. I know I, I pick them up for my grandkids. Right. Well, I like uh, the wooden puzzles. Uh, they're getting harder to find. It used to be uh, commonplace. Well, I did notice that Adult, there are wooden puzzles for adults. Does your wife like any of those? Uh, I haven't seen any around here. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen custom cut wooden puzzles, and um, they're pretty desirable. They sell really well, actually. When they're And they're, and they're fairly, fairly expensive from yes. what I've seen. I mean, they can run a couple of thousand dollars. So I see one just sold in January from Worth, on WorthPoint, and it was um, a page mark hand cut wooden jigsaw puzzle with uh, horses on it, and it sold for mm -hmm. four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars in January. Wow, very rare. So keep an eye for those wooden ones. Yeah, if uh, if I were out picking puzzles, and it's doubtful that I would go out with that specifically in mind, but if I run across puzzles. Uh, I, there are some names that I would recognize, 
And if I recognize the name, I might buy it. Mm -hmm. But nine-tenths of my decision is going to be based on the image. Sure. Is is it something I can lump together in a theme? Mm -hmm. Or is it an image that really appeals to me? Mm -hmm. uh, it's all going to be about the image. Sure. For me, it's going to be if it's sealed or right. if it's the rare, uh, the 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 foreign name. That's that's what would catch my eye, the sealed or the foreign name. Well, 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 Dana. I'm looking at the clock, and it says you're done. Get out of here, because the longer we go on, the more I'm going to have to edit. <laughs> so that being said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and I think I might spend more time watching my wife put these puzzles together yeah. just to see what the the appeal is. And uh, But when you see puzzles, don't skip them. Pick them up and flip them. That's it. Don't be puzzled. I knew you'd get that in there somehow. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was just, how is she going to do this? Is she going to say, well, let's puzzle over this for a while? <laughs> or, what a good question. It's puzzling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Dana. Yes. I love it. I'll, okay, I'll see you on number 18. Okay, thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It. Brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. WorthPoint.